Welcome to Street Knowledge with Chris Graham. Chris Graham here on the podcast, and we're going to do what I promised to do here on the UVA Basketball Podcast later in the show. We'll talk about the what I call the seamy underbelly of UVA basketball recruiting. But first, we'll get you ready for the Virginia-Virginia Tech game tomorrow night as I'm recording. I'm recording on Tuesday night. Uh, what Virginia basketball fans need to know about Virginia Tech this one surprised me a little bit uh, when I looked at the standings of the ACC. This would be the 8-9 game uh, in the ACC tournament if the season ended right now, which, of course, there's a lot of basketball, so it'll be played 15 games in the regular season still to go. Uh, so that's a ways off. And here now, the first game is tomorrow night. Um, both these teams are 2-3 and three in the ACC. Both have lost three of their last four games. Uh, Virginia's three of the last four, uh, maybe a little more significant, all of them double-digit losses. Um, all on the road, Virginia Tech has lost three of its last four. Its most recent loss, a 75-71 loss to Miami at home, where they had to play with that Hunter Gator. So that's pretty significant. Talk about the Virginia Tech rotation. Um, for UVA fans who haven't been paying attention, uh, there's a guy that you've probably assumed was a senior two years ago, <laughs> Sean Padula. He's just been playing since he was a freshman. He's only a junior, and um. 16.1 points a game, 4.1 rebounds, 4.1 assists per game, 38.9% from three. Got to watch him from, from three. Feels like he's been around forever, but he's just a junior. Lynn Kidd, the second leading scorer on this team. Now, he has been at Virginia Tech for a while. He transferred from Clemson after one year. He's been at Virginia Tech for three years, but uh, you hadn't heard his name much because he only played 2.5 minutes a game as a sophomore, 12.6 minutes a game last year. This year... He's a force, 14.8 points, 7.1 rebounds, 67.2% from the floor. 6'10 senior, big guy who can score in the post. Got to watch out for him. He's gone for double digits in 12 of the 16 games, but two of his last three, he's been in single digits. And he was 8 for 8 in the Miami game for 16 points. Uh, you got to watch out for him. Uh, he can be a little, little streaky, but uh, generally he's been playing pretty well. The aforem- uh, I, I, don't, I, was, I was going to say the aforementioned Hunter Couture. Hunter Couture, the other member of that uh, that really good backcourt, he's a, he is a senior, Hunter Couture. His status is unknown for tomorrow night uh, as of when I was checking it earlier today. 13.5 points a game, 41.1% from three. He missed the uh, game with Miami um, after uh, getting injured in the first half of the, of the Clemson game, a, a win for Virginia Tech, 87-72 at home last week. Diving for a loose ball on the floor, inadvertently got kicked in the head by a Clemson player. Um, missed the last game with the head injury, and uh, uh, Mike Young saying that uh, Couture's status for tomorrow night is still unknown, at least as of yesterday. That was as of the ACC teleconferences yesterday. I had not seen any updates today suggesting uh, anything one way or the other. Uh, the rest of the rotation for Virginia Tech, uh, a guy named Tyler Nickel, who is from uh, my my up my way here, East Rockingham uh, High School, uh, just about 30 minutes north of me. Uh, he was a four-star prep recruit for North Carolina, was there for a year, didn't play much, transferred to Virginia Tech. He's uh, general. He started about, I think he started 11 games, but he's been a sixth man a lot in ACC play. 9.1 points a game, 38.2% from two, uh, from three, I should say. A six, seven kid who can, who can play uh, uh, both guard and, and forward. Uh, the other regular starters are a 6'4 sophomore named MJ Collins and a Northwestern grad transfer, Robbie Barron. Uh, both guys who are more role players. Uh, Barron is a 6'9 guy. He gets some rebounds for you. 
two other rotation guys to mention here. Melil Jal Potit. Uh, God, I'm, I'm probably butchering that name. I've not heard it pronounced. 4.9 points a game off. 66 points, uh, 66.0% from the field. 6'9", senior. And an ODU transfer, Makai Long. 4.1 points and 5.2 rebounds per game. And um, then there's one more guy. Might not play. Uh, Brandon Recksteiner, a 6'1 freshman guard, actually got, got a lot of potential. Uh, 2.6 points, 1.9 assists in 12.3 minutes a game. He doesn't get a lot of playing time in ACC and Power 5 games. Uh, I mentioned Rex Steiner because his dad is the wrestler Scott Steiner. Uh, the, the Steiners, uh, him and his brother Rick, uh, their their actual last name is Rex Steiner. They shortened it for, for wrestling purposes. And so uh, Brandon, the point guard, 6'1 point guard, 6'1 185 point guard, is the son of Scott, Big Papa Pump. And uh, and then he's also the cousin of Braun Breaker. If you watch NXT wrestling, uh, Braun Breaker is the former Bronson Recksteiner. Uh, had a cup of coffee, barely, but uh, he was he was a member of the Baltimore Ravens for a brief time after a college ball, and then he moved into the the family business, and he's doing really well as Braun Breaker in WWE. So uh, holla if you hear me. <laughs> as far as that goes, how Virginia matches up in this one. I'll be curious to see how Tony Bennett matches up lineup and rotation-wise here. Uh, last week, he started two bigs uh, in the game with Wake Forest. I should say just a few days ago, the, the loss to Wake Forest. But Young, uh, Mike Young, the uh, Virginia Tech coach, um, he does start Barron at 6'9 and Kidd at 6'10, and then he uses Poteet at 6'9. But when you add up the numbers per game, they get a total of 60 minutes per game. Uh, that suggests that 15 to 20 minutes, maybe more, uh, go – uh, to a, a smaller lineup. Um, when you think about the four and five positions, if you were playing 40 minutes each, it'd be 80 minutes. They're giving up 20 or, or more minutes a game, some games, uh, to a to a four-guard, one uh, forward, power forward, center lineup. So uh, I'm not sure that you'll see Tony Bennett initially go big in this uh, game. Um, his favorite starting lineup has been four guards around the 6-9 stretch for Jake Groves. Uh, he did see Jordan Minor. Uh, he uh, Bennett did start Jordan Minor in the uh, weight game, and Minor played well. Twenty-two minutes, his longest action of the season, nine points, five rebounds. Didn't give up a basket. Uh, zero for two shooting uh, in one-on-one defense. So he played great defense, which was a question. That's what he's. That's why he's been kept off the floor a lot. Is uh, the the grad transfer uh, adjusting to the Virginia pack line defense? Minor uh, Minor played well in that in that role. I'll still expect him to probably come off the bench in this one, uh, but get a good minutes, maybe 15 or 20 minutes in this game. Because Groves doesn't get a lot of minutes. He starts, but he doesn't generally get a lot of minutes. I think he had 34 minutes in one of the games. It was maybe the Louisville game a couple weeks ago. But uh, you'll see him more in the 15 to 20 minute range, even as a starter. Um, I would expect, again, to see Minor probably getting a, a good amount of minutes. And he might start, you know, might because Kidd is, is a – you know, you might want to set the tone with with kid uh, being a, a guy who's 60 plus percent shooter in the post, gets a lot of points, gets a lot of rebounds. You might want to set a tone by playing, focusing on your defense at the start of the game. Um, it'll be important for Reese Beekman to stay out of foul trouble. Reese had a couple of fouls in the first half, limited his minutes, got an early third foul uh, in the second half that put him on the bench uh, as Virginia was on the back end of our, or the other end of a run by Wake Forest and it ultimately put the game away. Um, also in serious need of bounce back games on Wednesday, Isaac McNeely, who was two for 10 from the floor in the wake loss 
Ryan Dunn, four points and just one rebound in 23 minutes, I think it was. So um, got to see, got to see more out of Ryan Dunn. He's he's a projected first round pick, a potential lottery pick, and um, he's averaging less than points a game for this team. Need to see a lot more out of him if Virginia's going to get the same turnaround. Uh, one last thing we'll talk about: postseason implications for this game for both sides. Uh, it's it's about a border. It's a borderline must win for both teams. It's it's more for Virginia, uh, but Virginia Tech too. Uh, Virginia is 63rd in today's updated net rankings, the rankings that are the predominant uh, uh, metric that uh, the, the NCAA Tournament Selection Committee will use. Um, just one quad win to date. Uh, that was uh, the win over uh, Florida earlier in the year. Tech is 52nd in the net. Three quad one wins, Boise State, Iowa State, and Clemson. A win for the Hokies would be a fourth quad one win. They're on the road. So uh, Virginia uh, at a, at the 63 would be a quad one win for uh for Virginia Tech and for Virginia, this will be a quad two game. Virginia is only one and zero in quad two games right now, so um, that's the uh, the breakdown for tomorrow. That tip off is at seven o'clock tomorrow night. It's in JPJ. It's all the game is broadcast on ESPNU, and um, uh, you know, of course, I'll be there and um, live blogging in a sense. Uh, one of the website will be doing a, a live coverage thing on the AFP website uh, where. Um, you know, I'll be I'll, I'll generally update every TV timeout uh, and then at halftime with a longer uh, update, um, just kind of what I'm thinking during the game, what I'm noticing, that kind of thing. So it's worth following. I think it's worth it's fun for me to write anyway. So. That's where we stand uh, with uh, UVA Virginia Tech now. OK, so I promised this one yesterday. I, I came out of uh, the witness protection program, hadn't done a podcast in a couple of weeks um, and. I did one yesterday, and and I did not address the the big story I wrote over the weekend. Um, and I honestly, I feel, you know, there's it's weird. I feel, I mean, I'm, the journalist in me is very happy that I wrote this story. The 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 fan in me, uh, maybe not so much, just because. I mean, this is, you know, this is I wrote about something. I did, the story was titled "Tweet from NIL Booster Exposes the Seamy Underbelly of UVA Basketball Recruiting." And this this doesn't make me happy, but um, we'll go into the story. And then I also wanted to go to a nice back and forth I had with a, a reader who had some criti critical points to make. And then I answered, and we'll see how that goes. Um, there were lots of comments on the story. Um, I would say mostly, mostly, um, I want to say positive because I don't I don't care for a pat on the back, but uh, mostly people appreciating that this was a difficult story to write and it had to be written. Um, there were your also <laughs> people who would, would prefer to see me burned at a stake, and that's okay. That's 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 how things go in this day and age. Um, it was a difficult story because, uh, well, I'll just I'll kind of tell it as I told it in the um, in the column that I wrote. Uh, got a text uh, sent to me. Uh, it was from a D one college assistant uh, last week, as it turned out, because I wrote this on Sunday, um, and it, it, the it was a link to a tweet that troubled this assistant. And then when I saw the tweet, it kind of troubled me too. And this was before, now it was about NIL. Um, and this was before the news came out about Florida State on Friday, uh, having the hammer put down on on the FSU football program by the NCAA or something that was sort of similar. So that's that's when it really hit the need to write about uh, part of, of the story for me. Um, what was sent to me was a link to a tweet from a Richmond businessman named Jonathan Cotton, uh, who owns more than 20 uh, Good Feet store franchises uh, in Virginia and throughout the Mid-Atlantic and Southeast. Pretty successful guy. He's also made himself a very visible UVA Athletics money guy. 
Um, and uh, he touts his status on his Twitter feed, which is uh, an awful lot of running commentaries, at least until the last couple of days, on current events in UV athletics, photos showing his inside access to the programs, uh, especially the basketball program. Um, recently, there was a courtside snap of Tony Bennett uh, that obviously he, he would have had to have taken from, I mean, sitting right beside the right beside the guy to practice. Um, another snap of uh, the men's lacrosse coach, Lars Tiffany, uh, at the Aberdeen Barn, um, uh, where B Tiffany was given a pep talk uh, with some heavy hitters, heavy money hitters uh, of support UV athletics. And there's nothing wrong with any of that. That's how the world goes around. Uh, and Cotton, uh, who's a graduate of West Nevada High School in Piedmont, Virginia Community College, um, he's living every UVA, hardcore UVA fan's dream. I mean, give the guy credit, right? Um, the, the tweet in question wasn't, you know, the snapshots and the, you know, braggadocio. It was, um, it was a reply that he posted on January 9th. So we're talking about a week ago from when I'm recording this uh, podcast, uh, uh, that was a reply to a, a, a tweet, um, that was from who's got next an account associated with the locker room access blog. Locker room access is a blog, uh, and po a podcast that was uh, co-founded by, uh, Justin Anderson and Ty Jerome, obviously UVA hoops alums, both first round picks. This this tweet from Jonathan Cotton kind of felt like it was at least towing the line and maybe stepping a little bit over. Here's here's the here's the tweet. Um, to say that Tony and his staff does not embrace NIL is not at all true. He does not lead with it. He has specifically used our company in recruiting trips, and Kyle Getter told me he also did when recruiting. So. He specifically, he, he being Tony Bennett, specifically used our company in recruiting trips. And Kyle Getter, who's a former UVA assistant, uh, who's now at Notre Dame, told me he did also when recruiting. Um, so th this is and this was a response to it. This was the text, for, uh, the post from um, Who's Got Next that appeared to have set Jonathan Cotton off. Uh, the, the tweet from Who's Got Next was, UVA basketball players do pretty well on average with NIL from what I understand. It just isn't used as a recruiting inducement at all. And by refusing to play that game, it does take recruits off the board, especially in the transfer market. Now, I mean, the problem with that tweet from Who's Got Next, which again is associated with Ida Rome and Justin Anderson, is NIL cannot be used as a recruiting inducement. It can't be. That's what Florida State got its hand slapped for. Um, and hand slapped, including they can't the, the football program can't associate with its leading NIL collective for a year because of what happened there. Um, what it seemed like Jonathan Cotton was trying to say in his response was, "Sorry, you got it wrong, but it does play the NIL game, and I know because he uses me in recruiting." Ah, you, you know you can't you can't use NIL as an inducement, I don't, and you know. Lots of people have commented on this story, which is because lots of people read the story. Um, there have been quite a few people who have commented to say, well, everybody does it. Well, we don't know everybody does it. You know, there are rules. And, you you know, you assume that everybody plays by the rules. Florida State was not playing by the rules. They got caught. I mean, in addition to not being able to associate with the NIL collective for a year, Florida State football um, will be without its offensive coordinator for the first three games of next season. They lose some scholarships. They lose some on-campus visits. There's a two-year probation. Anything else happens. Uh, this was a level two violation. One time, uh, one player, one football player, a, a, a guy from Georgia, offensive lineman from Georgia who was looking to transfer, 
visited Florida State, was driven over to the NIL collective by the uh, offensive coordinator, just and and was offered fifteen thousand a month to transfer. Um, now, nothing that Jonathan Cotton said in his tweet says anybody was ever offered any money, but it says, I mean, he he says this. He, he specifically used our company in recruiting, he being Tony Bennett. That's what Jonathan Cotton said. So if he's saying, if, if, if what Jonathan Cotton is saying is Tony Bennett says he uses our name in recruiting, if that's all he said, okay, that's probably fine. It still feels a little pushing the bounds, but it's probably fine. What you're supposed to say is if you come to play at our school, there are NIL opportunities and you'll make whatever you think you're worth on the NIL market. You'll have your opportunities here. That's what you're supposed to say if you're a coach. You're not supposed to do what Florida State did, which is drive a guy over to talk to the NIL guy who says 15000 a month, what you'll get. Um, and so it's not quite that Jonathan Cotton is saying that Tony Bennett drove kids over, but uh, it just feels a little icky. Um. So where to go with this? There's nothing. I mean, I, I, what's different about FSU and, and Jonathan Cotton again is there's no smoking gun. There's nothing about a substantive offer to a recruit. I mean, but there's a hint that there's something more going on than just, hey, I'm here supporting the program. Um, what Cotton played up in his tweet was the more nebulous notion that Bennett has, quote, used Cotton's company. And he's leaving open to interpretation what used means. You want to believe that what he meant by the word used is Bennett telling recruits, if you sign an NLI, which is a national letter of intent, then there are NIL opportunities for you at UVA and good feet store is one of them. But where I, you know, where I, this, this really bothered me is not with Jonathan Cotton. He's again, he's a super fan with money who's buying access. He gets to go to practice. He gets to sit there with Tony and, you know, Tony regales him with stories, and that's great. I mean, that's hey, and you know, any of you watching this right now, if you if you were were had the money to blow, um, you'd a lot of you would blow it on um hanging out with Tony Bennett at practice. And if the, the cost to do that was to sponsor a UVA athlete, even better, right? I mean, hey, then now your UVA athletes helping sponsor your business or whatever. They're talking about your you're whatever you're doing um, on social media. So, I mean, that, uh, gosh, sign me up for that. If I had the money, you'd do it, right? So, you know, nothing against Cotton and really nothing against Tony Bennett, but it just, you know, I was probably just naive. I just assumed that Tony was above all that, engaging directly in NIL like this. I mean, yeah, he's got to, you know, if you want to play the game, you got to play it the way it's played, and you got to mention that there's an NIL collective at UVA, Cap Futures would be the name of that NIL collective, it just feels like if he's mentioning, if he's mentioning Good Feed Store and Jonathan Cotton is saying he did, I haven't had anybody. That story was written, I mean, 48 hours ago at this stage, written and posted 48 hours ago at this stage. Um, Jonathan Cotton hasn't gotten to me and said I was overstating what I said in that tweet. No one from UV Athletics has gotten in touch with me. They do when I, if they think I got something wrong, <laughs> they say, you got something wrong there, fix it. That's, that's disappointing too, because what it means is, you know, it was pretty much what was said here. I think at this stage, um, I wanted to believe that he, Tony was just out recruiting good character kids who wanted to come to UVA. And then if there's NIL money, Hey, even better, but 
if not, or, or if there's not as much NIL money as I could possibly get going somewhere else, I get a UVA degree. I get to play for Tony Bennett. Uh, Tony Bennett puts a lot of guys in the NBA and the five pillars are important to me and my family. That's, that's what I was hoping. And I can't unsee this now. And I don't know that, I mean, I think a lot of the folks who, who commented on the story, they can't unsee it now either. I, I you know, I hate this, that this is the case. I have a course like anybody else in the media and maybe a lot of people not in the media. I've got Google news alerts set up from Augusta free press and some other things, other, other search terms. And um, the Duke basketball report linked to the story and, and not just linked to it, but wrote about it and, you know, talked about the image of Tony Bennett being tarnished. Now that means I tarnished Tony's image because I wrote this story. Um, That's part of it. I mean, but it's my job, you can't, I mean, my job as a journalist is not to just see things and, and accept them. Uh, you got to sometimes write about things that are uncomfortable. Um, so I told you I would um, uh, do a point counterpoint. I was trying to set something up with with a reader who had um, uh, emailed with with a, a counterpoint, and we just couldn't connect today. So um, I'm going to use uh, another reader's uh, objections, so to speak. And he was a, a friendly objection is fine. It was it was good stuff. And I I wrote back, and then he wrote back, and I wrote back again. Um, just to kind of point out, there is another side of the story, and see what you know what what it was said. Uh, this writer, uh, this writer, uh, and I'll give uh, his name Ryan S. I don't want to out him too much, and I took some of the stuff out that would maybe more identify Ryan um, in case he didn't want to be identified uh, any more than that, because his his points were more important than identifying him. He said, I want to understand this article from you. Uh, did you not think our coaches talked to recruits about NIL opportunities? I'm not sure that would be even possible not to. Tony Bennett wouldn't get a three-star kid to attend UVA without that conversation. That doesn't mean we're doing anything wrong, but yes, a three or four-star kid should know that once he signs an NLI, very shortly thereafter, he will get a call from our collective connecting him with multiple NIL opportunities. Um, that's just the world today. Did you not think that was happening? I've been critical of Tony Bennett the last few years for results, but I felt that article was unfair to him. If he wasn't playing the game, I'd suggest he wasn't doing his job. The FSU situation, uh, Ryan says, was different in that they were basically promising specific payouts uh, to high school recruits. And it was actually a college uh, transfer recruit, but uh, point point well taken. Fairly certain that it isn't happening, but I'd imagine they're at least getting letting the recruit know generally what type of opportunities he will have. So my response to that was, and, and Ryan will have a chance to respond back, to me it was one thing to relate to a kid, of course, if you come to school here, we do NIL. Because not everybody, I mean – if you're going to play a mid-major, who knows if JMU does has an NIL collective, and if they do, that they could be that lucrative. Um, we at UVA, Power Five, ACC, we do have NIL. We have a collective. It's another thing, a tone of line, to be specific about a booster. To me, a specific booster. They, this this isn't. I mean, from what Jonathan Cotton wrote in his tweet, this wasn't Tony saying yes, we have a collective. This was Jonathan Cotton saying. Tony says the Good Feet Store is one of our major sponsors, and you'll have an opportunity with them. That's what he was saying. That comes across to me as risking sounding like offering an inducement. This is this is where it gets to me. Um, and I mean th this this what really I think this gets to is likely it's it's even if it's nothing, the guy in the tweets is basically inviting the NCAA to come in and check. And you, that's that's not what this is about. 
the rules are the rules. NIL cannot be an inducement to attend. And if I'm wrong in pointing that out, I'm glad to be wrong. Again, I, it's a job. It's my job as a journalist, and not everybody takes, especially in sports writing, takes takes the job that seriously. I used the term jock sniffer in an article this weekend. I, that's what's what it feels like to me. Too much that goes on in this day and age, both in journalism and in everything else uh, in sports. Um, so Ryan's response, and this is, again, Ryan's a pretty smart guy. Uh, I wish I could tell you more about Ryan. Um, uh, lots of inside knowledge. I really appreciate that you read and respond. I totally agree that such a tweet isn't very smart, even if the program is doing everything within the lines. Why even put out the notion they may not be? Um my understanding is you cannot guarantee pay for play, but all these guys have an NIL valuation, and that's true. Um, and and there are companies I should correct because he's he he did the wrong there, and I got to correct a couple things here. Uh, our companies that the universities can hire to be the go between and marketing arm, and that's the you know yeah guys have agents. The collectives are go betweens. Um, the, the NCAA is actually tweaking its rules to allow the schools to more directly. Um, work with the collectives, kind of like how politics works. I also am a politics writer and, you know, a campaign can raise its own money. And then there's a super PAC that raises money on behalf of supporting the candidate, but they can't coordinate, even though we kind of know that they probably do, but they can't. Um, the similar thing with collectives and, and, and athletics programs, and they're going to try to streamline those rules. It's a wild west. Um, by having an NIL collective marketing firm, I believe the program can refer the kid to them and then they can talk with the kid about his valuation and what he can expect from the university's collective. Um, so what I would and what I wrote back to Ryan, um, as I I guess we're getting ready to wrap up here. What I don't like about the story, this is me speaking, it involves a guy claiming that he knows Tony Bennett is using his company, not the NIL collective, to appeal to athletes. If that's true. Whether it's an NCAA violation, it's to me, and maybe it's just me. I think there's a few people who agree, but you know, just and it doesn't matter. It's just to me that's a ethical and moral breach, uh, even if it's not an NCAA violation. Basically, what's going on here? It feels to me is Tony is is helping the good feet store guy sell his shoe inserts to get kids to commit, and you know, I mean, that's 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 not right. At the least, the tweet opened the door to something that could be less or could be more than what the guy at the Good Feet Store is claiming it to be. And and here's this is going to sound mean, but I think it's it's accurate. Um, the Good Feet Store guy would be best advised to stop tweeting that way. But my assumption is he spends that money to be able to put himself over. I'm using a wrestling term there more than he spends it to benefit UV athletics. Um, and is you know, that might be that might be mean, but it also feels very true. Um. You know, there are people who do good things for the right reasons, and then there are people who do good things so that they can tell people they do good things. And uh, so um, this is a, this is a difficult story, but I think it's one that needed to be told. Um, if you have any questions or comments, you want to blast me. <laughs> the YouTube comment section, there's a comment section, I'm sure, on whatever podcast uh, app you're using. Um, and if not, you want to just... Tell me directly so you know that I see it. I see everything, by the way. I mean, the YouTube comments come to me too. So, um, but anyway, it, it, the other way to get to me would be to email me at chris at augustafreepress.com. One last reminder uh, tomorrow night, seven o'clock, tomorrow night being Wednesday night, because you might be listening to this Wednesday during the day. So, Wednesday at seven o'clock, Virginia, Virginia Tech, uh, I want ESPNU. I'll be doing live coverage. So, if you're watching the game on TV, 
and you want to, for some reason, want to know what I'm thinking during the game, you can go to Augusta Free Press. Uh, there will be a live coverage link uh, on the website, on the front page of the website, uh, under the sports section, and um, you can follow along. Thanks for listening, everybody.